The thing I love most about this rivalry, yeah. everybody's wrong until the result comes in. Let's go. They always say, throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry. On that day, you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of Michigan. I don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. I love you, man, but you're an idiot. A Michigan, Michigan State podcast. And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spath. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to I Love You, But You're an Idiot, a Michigan, Michigan State podcast. Week four of the college football season already in the books. Michael Spath, I can't believe how fast a quarter of a season goes. It, it always feels that way. I mean, there's so much hype and excitement for it, and you don't think about it much in the non-conference, uh, especially when you play Michigan's non-conference because the games just kind of run into each other. But then, yeah, you wake up and it's, you know, the, you're closing in on the end of September and you're realizing, wow, like four, I mean, a third of the season. And I always say that, that, you know, you have these 12 guaranteed weeks, right? And so like, what do you do to make the most out of them? But, you know, you were up North with your buddies playing golf and playing Euchre and the whole thing. And so it was on probably in the background, you know, I, I certainly watched the Michigan game. We'll talk a lot about that one today. Then had my high school reunion. So like, I didn't see the Michigan, the Ohio state Notre Dame game. I didn't see the Penn state Iowa game. It's it's as life evolves and changes, does college football be the focal point where everything is about Saturday? You're just watching it or does it become the background where you're still living life and college football is just on. It's very compelling question to say, because I, I remember like my twenties and into my early thirties, like Michigan state games were like appointment viewing. Like yeah. I built my weekend around it. Like obviously early twenties, I would go back to campus a lot. Like it was a lot easier for me. I knew I still knew student, like people that were there and like, you know, had places to stay and stuff. And then as I got older, like, meh, they're on. And then of course with Michigan state right now, they're just, they're no good. So it's like, it's not like I have to like you know, block a whole three and a half hours away. And Michigan was very uh, compelling this weekend because as you mentioned last week, you said Rutgers, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think they're going to win, but a little bit, a little bit closer than maybe uh, well, we would have thought. You, in our podcast, I don't know if it was the first episode or the second episode last week, you said, I want to know like who this Michigan football team is. And you said, I don't know that we're going to know this for seven weeks or eight weeks or nine weeks. And I think while it was Rutgers and while the final score was a 24-point victory, which they, depending on which Vegas line you saw, they either covered or did not because it was like somewhere 24, somewhere 24 and a half uh, right around then. But they did get punched in the mouth early on in the game. They, they gave up a long touchdown on the very first drive, um, a cornerback and then a safety both slipped on the play. Uh, although make give, give credit to the wide receiver made a nice little move to, to make them, make them go down. And all of a sudden they're losing seven to nothing. And you could kind of feel the crowd go like, are we, is Michigan ready for this? We haven't seen any type of adversity. We haven't encountered an opponent that can, uh, that can bloody us a little bit. What's going to happen. And they didn't score in the next possession. It, it, they did get a th you know a three and out on the next defense, and then they came down uh, a 94 yard drive and tied the score, and then they had a, the lead by halftime, 14 to seven. But I liked that, Justin. I, we were just talking about it, and I liked the fact that even even if it was Rutgers, that at least they faced a little bit of a challenge for the first time all year, and they answered that challenge. No doubt about it. I mean, we, never a doubt. And I I think that's kind of like where I want to ask you your next thing is like none of these games are really going to be a doubt going into the mm -hmm. fourth quarter. Certainly the next couple of weeks. I mean, you look at the, I think I, I, I mentioned like 
every team Michigan plays the next three weeks is at or below 500. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's going to be, you know, and, and they're going to keep building their case for, you know, pushing towards the big games at the part of the season. But what were you most impressed with? Was, was it the, was it the punch back? Was it the ability to settle things down or, or was there a certain unit or player that, that kind of, you know, said, okay, well, that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. I want to see more of it now moving forward. Well, Justin, you, we talked last week too about the the defense and and how there's like not really a star player and and I'll I'll nominate a star player here in a second. But uh, when you look at the game, they gave up 70 yards on the first drive, including the long touchdown. They gave up 180 yards of total offense the rest of the game, including you know Rutgers garbage time about 60 yards in, in garbage time. So. And when the game was being decided from the middle of the first quarter through the start of the fourth quarter, they gave up 120 yards of total offense and zero points. Uh, and so to me, that was, that was really something for this, for this defense. And we, we, we talked about, I mean, Gavin Wimsett from, from Rutgers was a 51%, you know, completion percentage passer, though he threw a lot of nice balls on this one. Uh, he did run the ball like he does the, the running back who came into the game averaging 115 yards per game. Uh, was held in check, so that was really good to see. And then you did have, you do have a young man, Mikey Sainer still, who is starting to emerge. He had a big play against Ohio State in last year's victories, had a couple other ones. And, you know, this was a 17-7 game in the third quarter. Rutgers driving. They went for it on fourth down. He picks off a pass, keeps his balance, um, where he's, like, you know, navigating through his own defensive lineman, bumping into guys, and then takes off and goes 70 yards for a touchdown. And, like, so he's kind of becoming... He had two quarterback pressures coming off the slot. Like he is probably the star of the defense. And I think overall, the way that the defense played and responded to, to uh, that, that long touchdown early on was the most promising thing I saw. Got to have, got to have that, that response. And that same was still interception is still so funny to me watching highlights of it. Like it, it literally looked like, where did the ball go? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's shifting towards like the, the hash marks. And then all of a sudden he's just darting back towards the middle. And I'm like, Oh, there he goes. It was it was impressive. Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines. Back on the sidelines. How much of an impact do you uh, do you did you see? You with know, that? I mean, I think there was. But can you? I don't know that you watched the pregame. I think it was on BTN, and they did like this whole like comeback stories and like Jim Jimmy Harbaugh's captain comeback and the whole thing. Like guys, he was suspended for three games, a self imposed suspension against you know East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Like what are we doing here? Like they made this big deal out of it. And I'm like, it's not like the guy was in prison and he was like getting out of prison for the first time. And he's all tatted up and he's like, there's my wife and my, you know, 30 year old son. Now, like, I mean, just the, <laughs> the over dramatic, you know, dramatization yeah. of that moment, I thought was pretty silly. That but, said, wait, 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 yeah. wait, I have to let that image of Jim Harbaugh coming out, <laughs> tatted up yeah, right? in an orange jumpsuit going there you go. with a tattooed mom on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> But he's like lifting the weights, cig, smoking a cig, going, where's my 30 year old kid? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but go watch, go. It, it, I don't know if you recorded the game or not, if, but go watch the first five minutes. I mean, you're, you're, I was watching it and I actually, I actually muted. I'm like, what, what is like, what is this? This is ridiculous. I, I thought that, um, yeah, we saw him, you know, hooting and hollering, you know, screaming at the rafts. Uh, I, I certainly think that he, he brought some calmness, uh, and stability and you allowed Sharon Moore to be what we talked about was let him be the offensive coordinator. In that the first scoring drive that Michigan had, where they're down seven and nothing, it was the second possession. You know they ran a flea flicker, and and got their tight end Colston Loveland open down the sideline for about a thirty yard gain. They they threw the ball to Donovan Edwards. 
I'm not saying that they wouldn't be able to call those plays if he was also the acting head coach, but it allowed him to be what he was. It allowed him to be the offensive coordinator, it allowed Jesse Minner to focus on the defense. And so after that first touchdown drive that they allowed, you know, he got together with his guys on the sideline instead of him being like, okay, I've got to be watching the game whole thing. Cause I'm the head coach. He was able to get over to the sideline, talk to his guys, refocus his guys. And they were brilliant the rest of the game. So yes, I do think that it helps tremendously to have Jim Harbaugh back on the sideline. I, I'm glad that the circus is kind of over. Thank like, God. like, I mean, that's, you, you always knew he was going to come back and that game was always going to have, you know, a little bit of pomp and circumstance to it just because, you know, the media tends to, you know, want to do these things. I mean, look at, look at what Colorado has to go through now. Look at Oregon, look at Ryan day's comments after the Ohio state win. Like we're tough. They're we're very, tough. They're, apparently they're very tough. And Ohio versus the world. I, I didn't know. I thought it was Detroit versus everybody. It's uh, apparently it is Ohio versus everybody. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Let's go get one of those. They've shirts. only had one bad half of football in the last two years. That's all. That's hmm. all. I'm not sure which half against Michigan where they got their butts kicked. It was, but they've only had one bad half of football. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, I mean, he, he has made himself uh, the meme, the target. I mean, you know, he's come after Lou Holtz. Like, what do you care about what Lou Holtz says? He's an 86 year old. That's what, that, you know, that's, that's like when Desmond Howard yeah. goes on game day and, and he, and he, you know, says Michigan, like, I mean, how many years has he put them in the playoff the past seven, like yeah. seven, <laughs> he finally got it right I mean, by accident. I mean, I remember that one year that, that, that he had Michigan in there with like Baylor and like Florida state and like he was over four. But like, my point is, is what, when a, when a pundit goes yeah. out and, and sticks up for their team, for their program, for the university, it is water wet. Yeah. What, like, who cares what Lou Holtz has to say? Who cares what Desmond Howard has to say? Well, and that's especially, I mean, if it's a pundit who doesn't represent the school, maybe you're, you're like, oh, well, this is a, you know, if Kirk Herbstreit's talking about, I, I don't know, just, you know, other than Ohio State and Michigan, he's talking about because he's pretty like famed name or something like that. But I mean, it's Lou Holtz, right? Like, yeah. who cares what Lou Holtz has to say about Ohio State the no. week of the Notre Dame Ohio State game? Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, my next question sure. for you watching this Michigan game, you know, I mean, we talked about it last week and we'll talk about it into the future, but like what's going on with Donovan Edwards and his involvement? Yeah. I mean, the least amount of carries on the team trying to get him involved in the passing game a little bit, but I, I just, do you have any insight into what, what's going on there? You I know, mean, you know, what's uh what's incredible about it is, is I know that he's, you know, he's now those, those comments are coming back to haunt him in the off season where he essentially said like, he's going to go down as one of the greatest running backs of all time with Emmett Smith and Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. Okay. Whatever. Like kids talk. I, I don't, I don't really care about that. For me, the bigger thing is though, is that there was a lot of talk in the off season that he was going to become a much more physical runner that he's been known as a, an explosive home run threat. We saw two long touchdown runs against Ohio state. Saw one against Purdue in the big 10 championship. But if you go back and look at his 2022 season, other than those plays, he wasn't the guy who was moving the chains consistently. That was Blake Corum. He 100%. wasn't the guy that they trusted near the goal line. He wasn't the guy they trusted on fourth down and short. So he was like, I'm going to come back and be a complete back. And that we just haven't seen at all. I mean, his, his yards per carry, I think it's like 3.3 on the season. Um, he doesn't have a, a run over, I believe, 14 yards. Uh, he, he hasn't shown patience. Um, when there's a hole that's opening up, he doesn't see it. He, on other times, like he's running up to the back of his lineman, as opposed to like, Hey, kick it outside. You've got this incredible four, three, five speed, like take it to the edge and beat those guys. To the edge. 
something just doesn't seem right there. And I've heard some speculation. Well, he missed a lot of the offseason. Yeah, but Blake Corn missed the entire offseason. Right. Look at him right now. He's running for, you know, he got up to about 100 yards on, on Saturday, scored two more touchdowns. He's, he's like 15 away from the school record. I mean, Blake Corum looks outstanding. And Don Edwards, by comparison, there's a lot of talk among Michigan fans that he ought to just play slot receiver because that's what he's good at. And I, I think that's too early to abandon him. But but something's got the light bulb has got to go on at some point here. He's definitely not a downhill runner. No. And and I think that's like the big different differentiator I have when I think of like where do you use him? He's he's definitely a gadget type guy. Putting him in the slot, but then who are you gonna take out of the slot? You know, you're gonna you're gonna put him in the slot over Roman Wilson, or, 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 no, one, or, yeah. or one of or one of like Michigan's like up and coming slot receivers. So he is a very interesting case, and I think he's got all the talent in the world. I think he can certainly continue to like grow, and he's still somewhat of a young player, but he is in his third year now. So it, it is time for him to kind of. I I just wonder if they're using him correctly, and if there's oh, yeah. space, yeah, to use him correctly. Well, and Justin, to that point. Look at the runs that they very much kind of pigeonhole all their backs. Like what Blake Corum is great at is he is between the tackles type of runner that you run counters, you run pulls, you get an offensive lineman out there, block in front of him, hit the hole, let him make the linebacker miss. He, he's very wiggly um, and he makes a lot of guys. Uh, he's very elusive. And so, you know, he's got that Mike Hart, Barry Sanders quality to him where, you know, Generally speaking, almost on every play, there's one guy who misses a tackle. But that's not Donovan Edwards. So why are we right. trying to make him? Like, all the runs are still between the tackles. For whatever reason, Michigan is not a team that believes in the sweep. They they don't, like, kick it out there. There's not a halfback toss. They don't run to the perimeter very often. Um, where's a jet sweep? A few years ago, they used to run a guy named J.U. Chesson in 2015, 2016. He was unbeatable on the jet sweep. And when you have so many linebackers and safeties that are focused on the on between the tackles, run the where's Donovan Edwards on the jet sweep? You know, like where is he on the the wheel route? Where is he? That's where he. Yeah, I mean, like they threw him the ball. His his thirty three yarder. He was in motion. He came out of the backfield. The linebacker was slow to get over to him. Boom, hit him for a play. Like I think Michigan is not using him in creative ways. Where's a screen pass? Like none of these things, like all things that you think of, like a speed back, someone who has got, uh, you know, that can hit the, that, there's a great downfield runner that can make a guy miss. Like none of these plays are, they're using him on. I wonder if it's, it's by design because you don't want to show anything right now. Like, again, you have, you have a two game season mm -hmm. and that Penn state game is looking it is. a whole lot more like your season. Yeah. Uh, even though they're tough, Penn State's or uh, Ohio State's tough. But, uh, you know, I, I also was just thinking in my head, you're saying, well, why aren't they dialing up these plays? Well, do you want to run a wheel route against Rutgers up 14 to seven and then show your hand on that particular, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just don't, like, it, it's still part of it. And that's why I, you know, it's been vanilla. It, mm -hmm. Michigan has, has only had to be vanilla. Uh, they have the, the plays that I remember in like the Ohio State game, and college football playoff, Big Ten championship game. Those are the ones that I go, well, that's a great offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. That he drew that thing up. Like, and even watching the Lions, you know, we, we were Ben Johnson, where everyone's in love with them in, in Detroit, and for good reason, because at least once or twice a game, there's a design play that works, and you go, wow, yeah. like that. But it's not the off tackle 
handoff no, to the running back, no. and and you know what I mean. So no, I'm wondering the, if yeah, they're the I'm, run, I'm yeah. wondering if they're waiting for for him Maybe. to. I understand that argument. I certainly hear it. You hear it a lot from fans, right? Like, oh, they're why would they show anything early on in the season? I mean, they did do a flea flicker to throw it back to the tight ends in this game. So I'm saying, like, they are showing something. But my argument to this is that you need to get Donovan Edwards playing his best football and playing with confidence. And so you're holding back. But if those are the type of plays where he can go off for a 30-yard gain, go off for a 40-yard gain, have his long touchdown run, I think confidence is something that we as fans and members of the media overlook like all the time. And you think, wow, these guys are the best of the best, but they are still often fighting for it. I go, I go to a hockey. Think about how many times you see a guy in a scoreless streak. And what do they always say? They're, they're, they're gripping the stick too tight. They're fighting the puck. They're doing right. all these things. Like you see them come down on a wide open net and they miss the wide open net. And you're like, how do they miss it? Because these guys aren't confident. And same thing happens in football. You're not seeing the whole because you're overthinking things. And so to me, it's like, I get you what you're, what you're arguing and you're not going to have that game until Penn state, arguably in November. But in the meantime, you get seven, eight, nine, ten weeks where he's fighting it. So get him some early confidence and then, and, and get him a couple of those big plays. And then you can go back to being a little bit of vanilla. Yeah. No, it'll so. be interesting. Uh, they obviously took care of their business. Uh, they have a, a very, very, very tough challenge uh, <laughs> going to Nebraska I thought, next I, I, week. I was surprised it was only 18 and a half because it was 24. Maybe it was the difference of just being on the road. Nebraska's two and two. They beat Louisiana Tech. They've replaced their quarterback. Jeff Sims has been out. They put a new guy in. And I was like, oh, maybe this guy's worth something. I think in this past game, what they won, he was completing less than 50% of his passes. Sounds like Michigan will have another week of yeah. just... Figuring it out, uh, which is a good thing. Again, that is that is a good thing. On the other side of the table, um, I think I want to start by just saying, like, I think the most frustrating thing about this is that I want to figure out how I want to say this. Mm. I'm I'm upset that Mel Tucker's not on the sideline to receive the booze. Okay, I, I think that's I, a I'm, fair. I'm, I'm glad fair. he's gone. Yeah. I'm glad they're moving on. It's so unfair to watch this product and 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 because because you want to be mad at the players for not ex, you know being you know the coaches, mm -hmm. but the guy that you really want to be mad at is not there to be mad yeah. at. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's sitting in his in his bunker, figuring out ways that deleting he get, his get, Twitter, account? getting his money back. Did you right? see that? Deleted his Twitter. Oh, account? it did. I didn't see that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it and that's the thing I, that that makes me so upset is, is like I want to root hard for for my guys. I want I want you know these coaches are in a bad spot, but I also think both these coordinators should have been shot into the sun a year ago. Mm -hmm. So it's it's so frustrating to watch them just you know I mean again you outgain Maryland. You, you finally they held on to the ball for a longer time than the other team time of possession. We all talk about how important that is. Five turnovers. This is like Rutgers, yeah. the first game under uh, COVID Mel Tucker, where they turned the ball over like seven times and then you outgained them. You did all these things, but you still lost the game. And, you know, as they try to write the ship and Harlan Bennett's trying to like write the ship, it's like, where are you seeing a win? Yeah. And it's not as dire well, as I'm making it sound because all the other teams that they're going to be playing in the next couple of weeks are all 500 teams Yeah, uh, in a lot of different ways. I mean, maybe but, Iowa this weekend, Iowa got shut out. And Cade McNamara is playing terrible at the quarterback position. So maybe, but we'll get, yeah, we'll get yeah, into that. I, but. I just, I, I don't know. I, yeah. that, that's where it's at. And like, 
I've talked to a lot of my buddies at the, at the, the golf trip this weekend. We were just kind of like, yeah, I mean, what, what? it's hard to care. It's hard to care. You know that this team's not going to yep. be any good. Um, the only thing we're rooting for is our buddy put a nice, sizable bet on the over for the season. So we're all trying to get him <laughs> okay. to five wins. And we're well, like, all right, come on, let's go. They still got Indiana. They still have Nebraska. They still have Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota just lost in double overtime or overtime to Northwestern. I mean, yeah, the, the, there is a chance for them yeah. to, 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 to get right a little bit. But, I mean, we know that Mel Tucker's situation is going to be a little more clear this week. Yeah. Kids are going to be able to put their name in the portal. And I'm seeing all these tweets. And beat writers, for the love of God, I understand you get a certain amount of access with, with uh, coaches and stuff and players and stuff. But time and place, time and place, they just lost their second straight game in blowout fashion, yeah. and some Yahoo is going, well, have you said to your kids, if anyone wants to leave, please raise your hand and, and, and you can see the door? What kid's going to go, yeah, coach, I'm out. Like, yeah, thanks, man. Right, see ya. Right. I'm in the locker room. I'll, you want me to leave this stuff or you want me to take it with me? Like, what kind well, of question I, is that? I saw it was a Darius Snow who had a tweet, and it was uh, Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah. and he's, like, looking at, right. he's looking at an it's empty, the empty room. room. And then, of course, everybody was like, what does Terry that Snow is out. And he's like, and, and everybody else is out. And I, 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 was, I was like, I don't, we just spend too much time overanalyzing everything. I mean, I know we're doing a podcast, but, but the problem with media today is everything. And one of the things that we didn't want to do on this show was the hot takes and stuff like that, because everything is about the clicks. Right. Right. And so as soon as that game ends, if you're a Michigan State beat writer, and there's a lot of really good ones. But if you're one of the more fringe ones, you're probably saying like, well, what is going to differentiate me? Let's start talking about the portal. Let's start talking about who are some guys who might leave. Uh, what happens if Noah Kim gets benched? Is he going to be in the portal by good by mid-October? Yeah, we'll get into him and, and Kate and Hauser here in a second. So that's what ends up happening after games like this is they just start jumping 10 steps ahead. But to, yeah, to, to, to pose that question to Harlan Barnett and, and say like, oh, are the guys out? Like, are you losing the team already? It's totally First of all, it wasn't to Harlan Barnett's team to begin with, so it's yeah. not his problem that he may have lost the team or or, or or whatever. And I mean, we're all sitting here, and I'm totally comfortable saying this that I'm checked out. Yeah, I'm checked out of this season. Like, now I'm not playing the game, so it's a little bit different, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're there. And that's what leads me to my next point. You were just bringing up Noah Kim, and like, there shouldn't yeah. be a quarterback controversy in East Lansing. Play the young players, all of them, across the board. Like, if, if these kids are going to have the opportunity to hit that transfer portal for 30 days, you better be telling all of your freshmen and sophomores and redshirt freshmen and sophomores, this is your time. Yeah, we're gonna, right. We're, we're, the season's a wash. We need you to get ready because whatever comes next, we need you to be a part of it, and we need you to, to get the reps that you need. I mean, and again, I keep bringing up Jordan Hall. I know he's the freshman uh, linebacker. He looks like, and everybody's always kind of like Cal Halliday's, like one of those like Max Bulla, right. uh, Chris yeah, yeah, Spray yeah. type linebackers. They're like, gosh, they're tough. They can they they have a couple of plays a season where you're like, whoa, like you know, and that's. But if you look at like the pro football football focus, like breakdowns of who the best linebacker has been for Michigan State, far and away, Jordan Hall. Like mm -hmm. his numbers are fantastic. He hardly gives up passes to when he's in coverage. And he's he's just all over tackling and in the backfield. That kid needs to play all the time. He needs to be your starter. And like I like Cal Halliday. Like yeah. that's that's not to say that he's not a good football player, but like 
this is the first example I'm going to bring up as we continue to do this throughout the weeks where it's like that kid needs to be the starter and you just let him play until the, the I cows mean, come up. I, I agree with you. I mean, when I look at it like Tyrell Henry is a young uh, wide receiver. He did have the touchdown catch in this game. Antonio Gates Jr. I believe is a redshirt freshman. Yep. Um, you know, Kaiten Hauser. And, and not only should Kaiten Hauser probably be the guy going forward because he gives you, he, he is the future or potentially the future of the quarterback position. But Noah Kim is also not not really He's, helping his case. I mean, no. he he had two picks in this game, uh, barely you know barely completed. Yeah, really really bad interception. You know, putting the worst possible scenario for Michigan State in this game was to fall behind big early, and that's exactly, that's exactly what took place. Twenty one nothing. You know, he has the the interception. Of the, was it the second possession or the first yeah. possession? Um, gives Maryland the ball back. They come down and score. And now it's like fourteen nothing. Boom, and you've got. It's homecoming. You've got, you know, the, the fans, 71,000 people there jazzed up. And I mean, I, I saw, I think it was about halftime where I saw like a lot of people and now maybe they were going to the exits to, to go get their dog, but I, I didn't see a lot of them coming back. You can and, put your dog outside of Spartan Stadium. You're hot dog. <laughs> you're hot dog. You're hot <laughs> But no, I mean, it's a worst possible scenario. I will say this, Justin, you asked for toughness. You know, they didn't get, they didn't get, if this is a silver lining, it was 21 nothing. It could have been 42 nothing type of score. And they, you know, they, they only got to score 10 to nine, I think, in the, you know, the rest of the game. They didn't let this one completely get away from them. Uh, maybe but, they showed a little bit of something, but it's not a lot to hang your hat on. No. And you remember how I, I told you, like, you know, box scores, you can like usually glean, like, mm -hmm. you know, like I can, I can look at a, a box score and it's like, how many first downs compared to Maryland? Who had the more first downs? Michigan State. Michigan State. I mean, but that that's an indication of a winning stat, mm -hmm. right? Uh, total yards. Michigan State had more. That's an mm -hmm. indicator of a winning thing. So it's it, and rushing, you know, over a hundred yard rushing. I know that they want to be more than 102 yards, but you know, got at least you didn't get like completely swamped. I mean, Nate Carter's looking like the real deal, 97 yards on his carries. Uh, but then you look at that turnover. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you supposed to do when you're giving them that's empty possession for you? And regardless if Maryland goes and takes it for points, it's an empty possession for you. And so I don't, I don't know. The one answer that I want to see coming into this week is I think you got to hand the reins, especially if your coach is coming out saying we needed to provide a spark. So that's mm -hmm. why we put Caden in there. Yeah. Well, then that means your quarterback, who's your starting quarterback is not your mm -hmm. guy. Quarterback is the one position where you can't say, I, I need a spark. Let's go to the guy who's not warmed up, not in tune with the rhythm of the game, and let's throw him in there. What? I mean, no. That, in baseball, when you put in a pinch hitter and they hit a home run, it's one of, I think, one of the most incredible feats of um, athleticism in the world. This guy comes in an hour two hours into right. the game. Right. He's been sitting on the bench the whole time. He's not taking any practice swings. He gets into a, 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 the batter's box and hits. That's a, that's what I call a spark. Mm. So if you're saying, oh, I need my quarterback, I need a different quarterback who's not warmed up, who hasn't read any defenses so far, hasn't run around on the field to come and throw accurate passes. No, it's you got to give Kate Hauser or Sam Levitt. Unbelievable. They let that the true freshman yeah. come in and looked okay. Right. Looked looked pretty good. So there has got to be some some it's going to be a really dark week in East Lansing. I think um, just brace yourself. And I think that's what Darius Snow's tweet was basically saying. He's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. I think Darius Snow's a lifer at Michigan State. 
Uh, and I start, I certainly think that I don't think that half the team's going to transfer out. Like, don't don't go don't go overboard here. Maybe, but I I, I don't I don't think that. I think you're going to lose probably 15, 15 to twenty guys, and they're guys that are going to say, you know what? For my own career, I need to go somewhere that's got an opportunity for me mm-hmm. to, you know, get a chance to show what I can do. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to be able to show this because who's going to be watching mm-hmm. as this season continues to roll on. Well, and that is though why you got to play the young guys if you're a Spartan is because you you don't want to lose the guys who have two three years of eligibility remaining. You want to keep those guys in place. Uh, and and the Noah Kims of the world. I mean, if he decides like, hey, I'm no longer the guy here. I'm going to jump in the transfer portal. You know, wish him the best of luck because the the situation that has befallen this program that has you know encircled these kids was nothing that they asked for. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they need to do what is best for them to some degree. Now we talked about like writing that Spartan legacy. And now, I mean, I think that's kind of out the door, um, you know, with with back-to-back losses and so, and in the fashion that they are. So they're, I I guess all I'm just saying is like, whatever decision any, any person makes right now, I'm not going to hold it against them. I don't know if there's one player that you're like, that guy has to stay. Kaden Hauser. That guy. Okay. Kaden Hauser or Sam Levitt. I keep one of the two young quarterbacks because listen, and we're going to, we're going to spend a lot more time. I think, uh, let I'm still like, you know, the whole, th- I'm just so t- who's going to be the next head coach of Michigan state guys. We've gotten mm-hmm. months yeah. to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've got guys that I want them to take a look at and stuff like that. But like, that ain't happening this week. We get, we, you know, that's why it's always funny. Like, you know, here's, here's my top five. And it's like, okay, cool list. But like, what are you going to call? What are you going to call him tomorrow? No. Like, I mean, Mel Tucker ha- still has to be fired before you and I start really talking about what the thing is. I will say this. Those kids that have this option or to stay or to go, they're going, they're going to find a good football coach to come mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. They're going to find somebody who's going to be able to come in. I mean, Michigan state is still a top 25 program nationally mm-hmm. as far as like revenue new facility like all of the things that you want to be competitive the school has made that commitment unfortunately they made the commitment just to the wrong head coach yeah, right but the commitment to football is still very much apparent at michigan state so it sucks i hate it i'm disappointed like i'm really let down but i also know that like we will rise up again mm-hmm. like this this is not like michigan state's just not going to be northwestern like it's just they're not going to fall off into nothingness yeah yeah. So while you got to take your lumps right now and it's like, try to enjoy the games the best you can. So that's my point to these kids is like, that's why you've got to give these guys an opportunity. Well, let them wear the green and white, let them get out there and, and hear the, 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 as many cheers as they can for this particular point. Of, because if you lose 35 guys to this portal and you may anyways with whoever they hire, cause it might be prime situation where they come in and say, everybody here, just get out. And I'm just going to start yeah, over. Yeah. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But my point is, is, you got to play the young kids because those are the ones that you need to keep. If you want to, if you want to make a senior unhappy that he's getting replaced, guess what? You're not going to be around here to, to run the ship next year anyways, Harlan. So well, tell him to tell, I mean, this yeah, is a business. Absolutely. This is a business as well. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So I, I think this is especially because of what this podcast is. It's a rivalry podcast, Michigan, Michigan state. You know, I look at all the Spartans I have in my life and, and now, you know, while my wife is a proud Spartan, she's never been a huge football fan. So, you know, she didn't even know that they lost on Saturday. Like she's not watching the games. My father-in-law on the other hand, 
you know, huge Spartan fan. By the time we came back from our high school reunion and walked in the door and I was like, and I kind of looked at him and I could just see like the dejected look on his face a little bit. Right. And, and he knows just like what you just said, like what he's in for the rest of the year, kind of checked out. So let me ask you this. Obviously you got the lions here in town and the lions just beat uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And so something to look forward to on Sunday, but does the fandom become all right, I don't have to worry too much about my team week to week. I'm still going to be, you know, watching the games here and there. Hopefully they can find a way to beat a now in bad offensive Iowa team. Do you become just a college football fan? Or let me ask you this. Do you start to become a fan of every team that plays Michigan? Do you, because now you're looking at it and you're like the last, I, I, I can't, if Michigan runs the table, wins another big 10 title, goes to the college football playoff, gets to the national championship game, like, and in our season, we go three and nine. Oh my God. Like I cannot do that. So do you start to say like, all right, I, I, I'm, I'm not expecting an upset here in the next couple of weeks, but, but Penn state, take these guys down. Ohio state, take these guys down. Like, do you start to root for the teams that are playing Michigan? That's such an interesting question because I'm not petty like that, but I also come from a, I you also, may not be, but represent Michigan State fans right that's now. That's why I'm being careful because I. It was easy to kick Michigan when they were down mm-hmm. in the Rich Rod Hoke eras. It was low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. and and it was fun. It it was fun, and Michigan fans they've had their fun with Michigan State too. We've had a couple mm-hmm. of bad seasons during during this whole stretch of things, so it is fun to kind of kick them when they're down. Uh, but. I don't know if Michigan state fans are, I think they're very rational when it comes to Michigan's not losing a football game until Penn state or Ohio state. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that would be my answer to that is uh, maybe they get caught. And would I, would I raise my eyebrow if they go down 14 to Rutgers? Mm, yeah. Like, Oh, Hey, what happened there? Like mm-hmm. that's when that snark kind of comes out a little bit. I just don't see it happen. If it yeah. happens, well, <laughs> you'll hear about it from me, but it's also like, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not petty enough. And I, and I really do think, especially the stuff I'm seeing on Twitter is I've been trying to steady this, the ship saying like, Hey, not everything has to be, if Michigan state, you know, farts in the farts in the woods, the, the Michigan fan goes, ha ha. Like, like yeah, it's not, yeah. they're not always like connected. It's not always, you know, like it doesn't have to be, Well, your opening says, why can't both teams be good at the same time? I mean, why can't, I think what's interesting, Justin is to your you know, your, your point about like, it was fun to kick them when they were down, when they're down, it's hard for a Michigan fan right now because of Mel Tucker made this mess. Everybody agrees. He's and a so, boob. yeah. So it's like in a, in a normal scenario, you see your rival struggle and you do get like, you know, a little bit of the, the, uh, what's, what's the guy from the Simpsons, the bully yeah. Nelson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And, but right now you're like, ah, kind of sucks. It does. I feel, I feel, I feel bad for him a little bit. So they're not kicking him down. It's much more fun if it was Mark D'Antonio and it was a season where Mark D'Antonio was coming off an 11 win year and you beat Michigan. And then the next year he did have that one year, I think where they went five and seven or something like that. And you're like, yeah, that's right. You get it. You know, it's much more fun to, to poke the bear when they've been to the top of the mountain and now they're coming down. But yeah, I don't think any Michigan fan is enjoying this. I mean, maybe they say they are, maybe they think like, but but it's kind of an, an ass thing to say because they didn't create this, this utter turmoil. So I don't know. I find myself going like looking at the next couple of games and going like, this is a bad Iowa. There's a bad Iowa offense. 
can they go in there and steal one? Like for my father-in-law's sake, for all these different things. And, and we'll talk more about that in the pod later this week. But my, my, yeah. abil- my ability to think that this football team is capable of pulling off any sort of like big win is dwindling by the second. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I look back at, at, at what I said pre-Washington week, and I, I honestly believe that this team was equipped to be competitive in that game. <laughs> I wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of said, all right, well, you know, this is a bounce back week. You get a Maryland team. Like, this is a team that, that you should beat. And then they get punked. Yeah. And, it, and again, it was a, a closer game numbers-wise than it was, but the scoreboard is the only thing that matters at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. So it's like this team can play football, but they just don't play winning football. And that's what's like at this point, I'm like, all right, I've already seen it twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, can they go to Iowa? And we'll get into this later this week. Can they do it? Yeah. Am I putting money on it? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's your big better. So maybe you're, maybe you're taking some solace and betting on games and, there are, you know, it's a great college football weekend. We just had a lot of top 25 matchups. There's more of those coming. The Big Ten will start to separate themselves. You know, one, one final thought on college overall. God, does the Big Ten West look like an absolute joke again? Yeah. I mean, you, other than Wisconsin, you know, Nebraska. They're not, they're, not, they're, not they're not Wisconsin. Nebraska's two and two. Minnesota goes and loses in overtime in Northwestern. A game, I think they're winning by like 28 points yeah. in one, you know, You've got uh, you've got Illinois that is now I think one and two. Purdue, you know, looked terrible this past. I mean, there's nobody in that West. No. And when you bring in the Big Ten next year, if they don't, I, I don't even know if they do a West and the East because no, now they're they're, they're not going to do. They're supposedly they weren't going to, but now you're bringing in Oregon and Washington. I, I say I'll say this: if you're one of those West programs, how do you have e even like the one percent chance in the future Big Ten? You don't like no. these are terrible programs. They ought to do some type of relegation within the Big Ten, and you, I, I, you're opening a whole can of yeah. worms with that because I don't disagree with you. And then super conferences may ended up hap- happening that way. Yeah, but I don't know if we have enough time to get into it in this exact moment. But no. I will say that the West is horrible. I, I'm really looking forward to us continuing to talk about you know and watching Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State. I mean that was a big win for Ohio State. Like, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Ryan Day's antics, I don't really hate him for it. I mean, he's a passionate guy about it. And, like, I haven't really seen him be that passionate. Like, yeah. I thought he was kind of passive. He's defending his guys. Like, but, like, even, like, covering him in, like, the games that I've been to where he's, you know, I never really saw that kind of fire. So maybe he needed to just do that for himself. He was, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Um, but I definitely think that it's a Penn State, Michigan State, or Penn State, Michigan, yeah, Big Ten. Yeah. And, and it's going to come down to that game in Happy Valley. Yeah. And Penn State, Ohio State, I believe, is the same day as Michigan, Michigan State on the, uh, was that the 21st of October? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, wow. That'll be, I mean, there's a lot of fun. We're a quarter of the way or third of the way through the season. Third of the way now. A lot of fun to come. We'll talk much more about those things uh, on the pod later on this week. We'll look ahead to Michigan State, Iowa, and Michigan at Nebraska, their first road game of the year. Always. Boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. 18 and a half point favorites. It will be somewhat of a night game out there in the black shirts. Three, oh, it's correct. A 3.30 three, three, game. Three, so, three, you know. 2.30 their time, hey, right? They, 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 they can get loud. They can get loud. Hey, happy second day of fall, by the way. Oh, wow. I was really depressed about that driving back from 
Oh, I see. I, I mean, I love the fall. We had a great weekend. The high school reunion. Summer, the, summer can't be beat. Su- we went to the zoo. We did all those things. I know the summer can't be beat, <laughs> but. Well, Justin, I all love right. you, man. Yeah, but you're an idiot. <laughs>